Hey guys, Michael here with WeddingVideographySchool.com. Hope you guys are having a great day. I know I am. On today's show, I'm going to be playing a recording for you that I did the other night. I, uh, I had a uh, meetup with a couple newbie wedding videographers, Dominic and Corey. Uh, we went to a coffee shop, we sat down, and they asked me a ton of uh, questions about getting started. And so I thought that might be uh, an interesting thing to play for you guys. Um, but before we jump into that, I just wanted to say uh, thank you for everyone who's downloading the Wedding Videography School contract. Um, if you guys don't have a contract that you're using, um, or if you're like Dominic and Corey and you're just getting into wedding videography, one of the first things you're going to want to make sure that you do is get yourself a good contract. It not only protects you, but it also shows your clients that you care about their interests as well. And I happen to think that my contract is actually a pretty fair contract. Um, it might slant towards uh, the videographer. Um, it might favor the videographer a little bit, but overall, I'd say it's a it's a really good it's a really good contract and it's a really fair one. So make sure you head over to weddingvideographyschool.com/contract and you can download it there. I promise you, it'll be uh, the best fifty dollars that you spend. Um, if you want to have that contract taken to an attorney um, and reviewed, it's going to cost you a lot less to do that if you if you have something to start out with, like this contract. Um, if um, if you just have them do it from scratch, it's going to cost you, you know, depending on the attorney, four or five hundred bucks, maybe even more if you get like a crazy awesome attorney, right, who charges a ton. So, um, yeah, head over to weddingvideographyschool.com slash contract and uh yeah let's go ahead and jump into this q a session so i guess um my first question is is like how'd you get started like in this kind of like the same way that you guys are um I was working at a TV station here in the Springs, KRDO. Okay. Um, just as a videographer, like going out shooting car accidents and stories, and I'd edit the stories, I'd run the live truck, I'd do all that stuff. It was fun, like interesting, but the pay sucked. Like ten bucks an hour, eleven bucks an hour. Oh my gosh. Um, which oh, yeah. is not like what people think. People no. Think, Yo, you must be you making way more. Especially for like a trade, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So no, the pay wasn't good, um, and I just was like, I don't want to. I don't want to do this for the rest of my yeah. life. Like, uh, it was a fun enough job, but I don't want to live yeah. in a duplex forever. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah, just I was my, I was driving home one night and I thought, what could I do to make money? And then I was like, what could I do to make a thousand dollars that I could do a bunch of times? Like, yeah. what can I do for like a thousand dollars that I could do over and over, or like a hundred times that I could make a hundred thousand dollars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I started thinking about weddings, um, and I was like, I bet I could probably do it and I had a friend who had um, a cousin who was getting married and he I didn't ask him he just asked me to shoot this wedding in Chicago and I was like okay but they had to pay for the plane ticket yeah I'll do it for free but like give me that like and I really didn't want to charge for it because I was too scared yeah. I was like, I've got to screw something up, uh -huh. or like, I, and I just didn't want to give them any reason to be mad at me. Mm -hmm. So I kind of did it as like a favor sort uh -huh. of thing, sure, um, to really reduce the pressure on me. Um, yeah, and that's okay. That's how I did it. Um, I did another one for that same friend. He had some other friends that were getting married. Um, and then I was like, I went on Craigslist, and I was like, I'll shoot a wedding for like 250 bucks, and I did one. Like the ne almost like two weeks after oh I gosh. posted it, uh -huh. and it turned out good. And the makeup girl at that wedding was getting married, so she's like, "How much do you charge?" And I was like, "I charge five hundred dollars." Yeah. And then real quickly, I just went up uh -huh. in, in the pay. Um, and 
Yeah, ever since. So that's just. And then you just. Eventually, it got in the way of me working at the station because yeah. I was like working. Yeah. I would like that we had some downtime sometimes. Like there'd be some days where like nothing was going on, so you just kind of sit around all day. Yeah. Um, so I just bring my computer with me and like edit the video while at work. It's probably not. Thing, but, uh, <laughs> no, there was no oversight, so yeah. I was like, I guess I'll make the most of my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then eventually, I was like, if I can do 15 a year at, I can't remember what I was at, 1500 or $2,000 a year, or $2,000 a wedding, I was like, I could probably make more than what I'm making here. Yeah. And I'd work way less, so... I made the leap. Uh It was hard. Like making, like quitting the job is the hardest part Mm -hmm. because you're going from having a two week paycheck to what this works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it worked out. Okay. You have a question? Yeah, I do. I have a friend who recently did that. Like three months ago, he quit his job to do video stuff on his own. But he's so chill about it. He's just like, oh, whatever. I'll just. I'm like, I, I would not be like that. I would be like having a panic I, attack. It was hard. Uh huh. Yeah, it was hard. All right. So this is more. Okay. What is the hardest part about video, videoing weddings? I know that's broad. It might, I think it depends on your personality. For me, I'm like a people pleaser, and I don't want to let anybody down. And so this constant. Um, there's this constant kind of fear that you're going to screw up or um, mess something up. I think probably one of the hardest things, I'll give you a few because, I mean, it is a broad question, but there's a lot of different things that could be really hard for people. Um, there's the stress of like it's a one-time moment, so you gotta just get it right the first time. Yeah. There's that kind of generic stress that you probably already figured. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as clients go, most clients are actually pretty cool. Um, I don't have any, I shouldn't say any, but I don't have a lot of horror stories about clients that I didn't like. Yeah. Most of them are pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, Managing people's expectations, I think, is tricky because you'll put a video up on your website that's really great, um, that's shot at the Broadmoor or shot in Vail or shot with people that could be models or whatever, and then people see that video on your website and they're like, I want that. And then you show up to their venue, which is not as good. They're not as outgoing or attractive or whatever that is Uh and their expectations are very like emotional ones Uh like very um, like this is how I envision when what we envision oftentimes isn't reality Uh Um, so sometimes I'll I'll put together a video that I think is really good. Like this one I did, this year I did one in Keystone that I thought was really good, and the clients um, didn't get back to me. Like I did the video, I sent it to them, and all I can think is that for some clients it's either very transactional, like you order from something from Amazon, yeah. it shows up, and you're like, cool. You don't send Amazon a thank you note right. or let them know like, hey, oh, this was great. Yeah. yeah. Unless you leave a review or something. So I think some clients are like that, and so if you don't hear a complaint, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's stressful when you don't hear back, because then I kind of, my mind goes to, oh, they didn't like it, or I missed something, or it didn't go the way they thought it was going to go, or whatever, and I think dealing with that stress of, like, and this comes back to me personally, just not wanting to let people down, that's a hard thing to, to deal with, but... You kind of get used to it over time. I, most of my clients get back to me and say, thanks, we love it. And some people are like gushing about it. And some people are just like, cool, awesome, thanks. So yeah. like managing their expectations, letting them know that every wedding is different. And they're all unique experiences. Um, 
and then managing your own expectations about how they'll respond to your work, uh-huh. I think is, is can be difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So when you first started off, like, what kind of equipment did you have? Like, what kind of camera? Well, I think I had a, like a 7D, a Canon 7D. Um, I might have had like a 5D Mark II. Okay. Yeah, that's what we have at work. Like the first couple I did, I basically just shot like all slider, all glide cam. And that was it. It was like more like montage you know, okay. it wasn't yeah. as audio heavy as I am now. Sure. Um, and over time, I kind of learned how to get that good audio and how to incorporate that stuff. But at first, it was very like, here's a wedding music video. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, uh-huh. so, um, like a highlight video. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I, I didn't have a ton of equipment. Um, you you just start with what you have. Uh-huh. Like I think if people think, oh, I need to have this, 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 yeah. this. And it's great if you can. Yeah. But a lot of times when you're just starting, you don't have it. And so you just discount yourself and as you you get paid that first time you set aside money for taxes and the rest you buy another piece of gear or whatever and you just keep building it and building it until you have what you need and then you're like oh great like now I can now I can start making money from this yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah okay yeah, because I think that's a huge hindrance for me when I'm trying to do something new. I'm like, if I don't have everything, I'm not even going to do it. And that's like... Yeah, and then you end up never I doing never do it. anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like a... <laughs> I don't know if you consider yourself a perfectionist, but... Um, I try to not. You know, I'm like, I'm not going to yeah. give myself that label because... Because I don't want to, like, stop myself from doing anything, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, my first business card that I had <laughs> used to say, it had my name on it, and then underneath it said perfectionist. Oh my God. And people loved that. Uh-huh. that. Like, I got so many comments on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But after a while, I was like, yeah, like at some point I kind of got to let go a little bit. Yeah. Because if you're spending two, three weeks at any one project, like, yeah. you're losing money. You will lose money, you will not. I don't, I don't know. Some people would disagree with me, but I want to do like 30 weddings a year. I can't be spending three weeks on each wedding. No, like, yeah. It's not feasible. So at some point you got to learn to say, okay, I did what I could with this edit. It's good enough. Not Maybe it's not perfect, but it's really good. Send it out. Yeah. You know? And then if they, the client wants something or whatever, they'll say they want something. So, so what's the average turnaround time for me? Oh, um, so there's a, there's the time it takes me to actually do a project, which is about a week. But then there's the turnaround time, which is different because sometimes I'll shoot two weddings in a week okay. or a weekend, right? So sure, sure. I've, one week has gone by, but I've got two weeks worth of work now. Okay. And especially during the summer, um, it can just you know I'm going along, but my workload is getting worse. Bigger, bigger, yeah. So. I I say um, in my contract I say 120 days, which is four months. Yeah. I say days because it doesn't sound as bad. <laughs> I don't know. That is so and, funny. Uh, <laughs> but I sure. I try not to let it go past 90 yeah. during the peak, during yeah. the worst part of my year. Uh-huh. I try to not let it go past 90 days. Um, if you can do it in a month or two, that's perfectly acceptable. Um, if it, yeah. Because, I mean, it takes, like, what, a day or two to put it all together? Like, sitting down? Uh, it takes me about five days. Five days? Five to seven days sitting down to put... Because I'll do the ceremony, I'll do the highlight video, and I'll do... Um, I my workflow is a little bit different than some people probably so given that sure it might take me a couple extra days to do like prep work or whatever sure. just to get everything ready I like to organize the footage and put a, all the footage yeah. on different timelines um, and uh, 
and then just put it in like as chronological order as I can. That way, when I'm doing the edit, I can say, okay, I need groom prep stuff. Oh, here's groom prep. And I can scrub through all the groom prep stuff on one timeline. Mm-hmm. Bride prep, same thing. Cocktail hours, same thing. Yeah. Et cetera. Nice. So, yeah. Okay, that's really cool. I was going to ask, um, what, if you can, give us, like, walk us through, like, a wedding, you know, from when you drive up in the morning or whenever to okay. leaving after they left. <clears throat> so I'll drive up, um, usually listen to a podcast on my way up. I'll get to, it's usually like a hotel or something. Um, I usually I like to have the room number for wherever the bride is going to be and the groom. Usually they're in separate rooms. Sometimes they're in separate buildings. Um, so I like to have all that information ahead of time. I have an itinerary. Um, before the wedding, I go through the itinerary and I, de- I designate an arrival time. Um, I'll show up, I'll shoot bride getting ready. So I'll shoot her doing like hair and makeup. Ideally, I like for her to be doing have makeup done before hair because most girls don't really they're like a little like I'd rather have makeup on sort of a thing. Yeah, yeah. oh totally. Um, if you're gonna get so I don't like yeah so I don't really like to I'll, I will shoot if they don't have makeup some like some girls don't really care and some girls it's like you can't I don't know the difference I'm like uh-huh. I don't do that I don't know uh-huh. um, so so in those situations it's like awesome like I, it's not really a big deal but in general like in general be conscientious of that because uh-huh. they tend to be very yeah. conscientious about that. Um, I'll usually at some point go bounce over to where the guys are at. Um, with the guys, uh, I'll shoot them hanging out maybe, um, depending on what I have time for. If I don't have a lot of time, I'll just shoot the groom, uh, buttoning up the shirt, throwing on the jacket, the tie. Um, putting on a watch, that kind of stuff, um, and I basically tell him what to do okay. because you know we get dressed so fast that yeah. if I don't just say stop, like listen to what I tell you to do and do it as I tell you to do it. Um, it, it can be really. Otherwise, you're just trying to. You're catch just. You're just. Stuff. Yeah, and you're gonna miss a lot. Mm-hmm. So I have to slow them down. The girls, I don't really have to do much with as far as slowing them down. Sometimes I'll have to have mom like re kind of like kind of mess mess with those buttons or whatever. But not, I try not to. I really try to let it be natural. Let it just happen yeah. and just be always thinking one step ahead. Okay, what's yeah. happening next? Um, from there, let's say there's a first look. Sometimes there's not, but uh, first look is where the groom sees the bride for the first time. Uh, we'll go to that location. We'll get the bride and the groom set up. Sometimes I'll mic it. It just depends on the couple. Okay. Uh, he'll wear like a little lapel mic, and I'll tuck all that cable in. Make sure you hide that cable. Yeah, yeah. It's okay to have the mic on the lapel, but sure. some people leave the cable. I don't know why they do that. Uh-huh. It's so stupid. You'll run into that with DJs. Watch out for DJs putting mics on groom and um, officiants because uh-huh. they will leave those wires out. Uh-huh. So, so I like to put mic. my mic on after so I can clean up their mess. Okay. Um, okay. First look, yeah. Uh, they'll usually get the groom set up. Bride will come down the stairs or walk up behind them or whatever it is. Yeah. Sometimes they're doing this new thing where they'll have the bride walk up like 10 feet away, stop, and then the groom turns around. Yeah. Be careful because the groom will walk to her. And if you have your shot set up for the, I don't know, just it can get tricky. Yeah. Um, then after that, they'll usually do some photos. Sometimes I'll stick around for that, depending on the time. Um, if I can, I'll just shoot some extra B-roll so I have it. Yeah. Because um, it's kind of nice to maybe have a shot of the bridal party. Um, yeah. Some slow motion walking kind of stuff. Um, just so if you need to cover something in the video, you can. Yeah. Um, then from there, I go to the venue. I give myself an hour to set up. I do a three-camera shoot. Um, I put a mic on the groom, on the officiant. I usually run a recorder like this to the DJ booth. 
Um, I usually use an XLR out on the back of the speaker. Yeah. Um, I record that. If there's a musician there, like a guitarist or a violinist or something, I'll set up another one of these kinds of recorders um, with the external mics and a, like a windscreen. I just always use a windscreen. Okay. Um, and yeah, we'll record all of that. Uh, then after that, it's cocktail hour. It usually goes right into cocktail hour. I try to get shots of people laughing. Um, and I can send you this audio too. Okay. So that you don't have to frantic write everything down. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, cocktail hour. I try to get people laughing, drinking, yeah. smiling. I don't love talking. I do a ton of slow motion stuff, and I feel like talking kind of looks weird in slow mo. Okay. But yeah, I, whatever your style is. As opposed is, to like I'm laughing and yeah, yeah, yeah laughing, laughing always looks good. Yeah. Laughing and smiling always looks good. Um, that's usually about an hour, hour and a half at the most. Uh, and then it's right into like grand entrance, so they'll usually have everybody in the reception area, they'll welcome the bride and groom in. Uh, sometimes they'll go right into first dance. So for that, I'm pretty much just on a tripod waiting for them to come in. Once they come in, um, usually they're coming in right to that area where I'm already at, and I can shoot their first dance. Um, you do that on a tripod? Yeah. It's kind of hard. You don't want to be like on a yeah. gimbal or whatever. Like you can do camera. gimbal stuff. It really depends on your style. I've been on tripod for a long time. I'm not opposed to gimbal, so I, I've done it before, so whatever you guys want to do. Um, I find that the, I'm always torn between having all of it for the client or having chunks of it. Yeah. If you do a gimbal, you're going to have a 15 second chunk, uh -huh. yeah. right? Whereas if you do a tripod, you have pretty much all of it. Uh -huh. yeah. um, so it's nice if you have at least a wide going. Yeah. And if you want to do a gimbal shot, you can. Uh -huh. You're going to be in the video. That kind of sucks, but it's oh, also I see, I see. Uh -huh. reference. Like, it's just a reference shot, really, that you're going to give to them. So I think they kind of understand that you can't have this awesome gimbal shot and not yeah. have you in the yeah. other shot. So uh -huh. yeah. And I don't think they really watch that stuff as much. They're going to watch the highlight video way more times. Right. <clears throat> so I don't know. Pick and choose what okay. you want to do. Um, then usually there's toast. Um, toast. You just got to be ready. You never know when somebody might stand up. Usually during dinner, I go oh, eat. Uh -huh. But like depending on where I'm at, sometimes I'm in a way different location. Yeah. Um, I leave the recorder running from the DJ booth. That way, uh, if they start without me, at least I have the audio. Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't usually happen, but it's happened a couple times. From toast, you move into uh, maybe parent dances or something. Um, and then it's party time. Maybe they'll do a cake cutting or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That I'll usually just do on a monopod. One camera. I, it's, cake to me is one of those things where it's like, do, I don't, do we really need two cameras covering this? Uh -huh. I don't think so. And it usually gets really crowded. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sure. So like I try to be as least intrusive uh -huh. as possible. Yeah. Um, Okay. Party time, I just switched to like a 50mm 1.4 lens. I shoot it all handheld. Um, I, you just want to get as much light going as possible. I'll yeah. go up to like ISO 6400. Right now I'm using the 5D Mark IV. Um, and that's pretty much it. If there's a send-off, I'll stay for that, and I'll usually do that on a monopod or a glide cam. It kind of depends on what I'm feeling or the terrain. Um, when you, well, um, when you do the ceremony, how do you like to set that up and capture that? So I'll do, um, I'll do a three-camera shoot. Um, so let's say you have the stage right here, stage, whatever. Um, I'll have a camera here, and I'll have a camera here, and I'll have one in the back. So it's two cameras on either side, usually kind of right up next to the front row. Mm -hmm. Not really past the front row, but just wherever that front row, first row of chairs is, sure. I try to get there. On the outside of it? It's Yeah, it's going to depend on 
the venue. All venues are different. So yeah. there's going to be times where you're just in weird spots. But generally, I try to make a triangle yeah. out of the cameras. Um, I do not usually put that camera, unless there's a balcony, I don't usually put the back camera in the center. Okay. Because they got to walk down that aisle. Yeah. And I don't want to piss off the photographer yeah. who's trying to get a shot yeah. back. Uh-huh. And I don't really want camera in my shot, although I usually end up with one, but it's usually off to the side behind like the first chair mm-hmm. on the inside, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you mean like in so the back? So I just put back. it a little, yeah, mm-hmm. very back off to the side on uh-huh. either side. And just point it. It's just pretty point much it as right center on. as possible. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then if you want, while your other cameras are going after the ceremony started, um, somebody can move that camera back to the center yeah. until the end and then when they leave they can just walk around it uh-huh. but always be aware of your surroundings and if it makes sense sometimes there's not enough room so just yeah. just be aware yeah the worst is when people just leave tripods out i've got second shooters that'll like put their crap somewhere and just leave like a fully extended tripod out uh-huh. like sticking into like a hallway or something I'm like what what why like, are you doing this? People are going to trip over this. Uh-huh. Like, move it. What are you doing? So just be okay. self-aware. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, what I was, as you were talking, I was wondering what you do for the lapels. Like, how do you record audio on that? Do you do it? So I use Tascam DR10L. Okay. That's uh, like a little lapel mic. Yeah. And it records directly to a card. Got it on there. Yeah. Oh, so it's not cool. a wireless. Cool. I used yeah. to use like the Sennheiser wireless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sometimes you get interference and then you're screwed. Sometimes, like, <laughs> I would run it into like an external recorder because if you run it into the camera, anytime, like a lot of the DSLRs have time limits. Yeah. yeah. So when you had to stop and start, you had to do it when somebody wasn't talking. Yeah. Which can be tricky. So sometimes I'd lose a couple words. Yeah. yeah. That's like weird. We've had that happen. Yeah. So I used to, then I was like, well, I'll just run the receiver into a recorder like this. Right. But then what I had twice where I forgot to hit record uh, on the recorder. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I'm giving myself way too many things to turn on. Yeah. And make sure batteries are good. Yeah. Make sure I'm recording on like six different devices. Uh-huh. And I was like, I got to simplify this. Yeah. So then when Taft came, came out with the DR10, I was like, that's, that's what it. I'm going to do. Uh-huh. Even though I can't hear it while it's happening, you just you can test it out. There's a headphone jack, so you can listen to it beforehand and yeah. make sure the cable's not crackling or anything. Yeah. But after that, then it's time to put it on the subject and trust that it's going to work. Yeah. Just make sure that now it's like 10 times more important that you make sure you're recording. Right. But yeah. Um, I always just like triple check. Okay. Uh huh. You're like, uh, is it red? Yeah. Okay. You're gonna want to watch the numbers going. So, so. Um, yeah. I got three of those. Um, efficient room, and sometimes I'll throw one on a podium. Let's say it's in like a Catholic church or something. I'll I'll put the little the pa- pack like the yeah yeah the yeah, mic okay. pack on the podium, mm-hmm. and then I'll run up. I'll run the wire like up the podium and just clip it on. Oh, nice. Okay. So they're already talking into that anyway, uh-huh. and now yeah. I've got my own thing. That's nice. Catholic churches, I do not try to plug into their they're, systems because uh-huh. it's always like yeah. super old. Or? Like either super old or people there don't know how it works or got they don't it. even know where it's at yeah. or they don't want you to touch it uh-huh. or so I try to do as much stuff on my own so that yeah. I don't have to ask Real anybody lie. for anything yeah which makes sense mm-hmm. yeah can you tell me like what do you do for like frame rate and the camera specs as you're going throughout the day what's your like rules of thumb so I personally like I abuse slow motion uh-huh. like crazy. It's, that's um, what works with wedding videos, I feel like. So. It's kind of nice. I will say the advantage is that um, sometimes moments happen real quick, and you may yeah. only have three seconds of a really good shot. And that might be a really quick cut and edit, but if you can slow that down to six, seven, eight seconds, 
by shooting in slow-mo, yeah. now you've got the shot that you need at a pace that actually works. Right. Yeah. Because you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, and you can extend somebody's momentary smile. Sometimes you're going to run into people who barely smile. Yeah. And you're going to wish you had that smile in slow-mo. Can you please smile again? <laughs> I missed it. But not everybody... Listen, I mean, yeah. it may not be your style. So you guys got to figure out yeah. what you want your style to be. Um, but for me, I'm usually shooting 60 frames a second, 1080p, 120 shutter speed, just double whatever your frame rate yeah. is. Uh, contrast all the way down. That's what Ruth said, too, for color? Yeah, just for, for coloring. keep it quiet as possible. Yeah, I'll, sometimes I'll desaturate it a little bit, like two notches down on the saturation. In the camera? Mm -hmm. That's about it. Nothing too crazy. Um, yeah. So you shoot the whole thing in 60? Or do you do the ceremony in like, like On my A camera that I'm shooting with all day, I shoot it all in 60, even the ceremony. On the other cameras, I usually shoot 30 on those just to save a little bit of space. Um, gotcha. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll probably switch to all sexy pretty soon, but it works. Um, yeah, sure. And I, I usually have the better shot of the three cameras because I'm manning, the, I'm standing right yeah. there. Mm -hmm. So then I can, all, like, I rely pretty heavily on my own shots. Um, but that usually is fine. Yeah, I don't have a big problem with that. Uh, I have a specific this question for the 5D Mark IV. Is it, why do you, are you shooting with that one right now? Like, what do you like about that camera? I've been, I mean, I've been on the 5D line since the Mark II. Yeah. So that's a long time. It's like 10 years almost. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, like, super thrilled with Canon because, like, I feel like I should be able to shoot 4K at 60 frames per second um, without... But you can do that on, like, the 1DX Mark II, but the codec is this motion JPEG codec, and it's insane. Like, it's... It's so data heavy. It's just insane. Like it's not usable. Like I don't know why they would do that. Um, so I don't like that. I've been using the. Well, I just I haven't been using it for weddings, and I probably won't for a while. But I just got a Blackmagic Pocket 4K. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I heard about that. It's a really cool camera. It's kind of deceptively priced. Mm -hmm. Because you can buy it for like thirteen hundred bucks, but by the time you get it really ready for a wedding, you're probably gonna be between three and four grand. Yeah. Oh, once man. you get it all like really set up, because the battery life sucks, so you're gonna need to put an external battery on. You're gonna need like an SSD drive mounted on there with your mic. So that means you're gonna need like a cage so you can mount everything on there. Like it's gonna turn into a little bit yeah. of a thing. But it's a really like it gives you. ProRes codec, you can record in LT or 422 or yeah. HQ or RAW. If you, I, mean, I would never do that. Yeah. I mean, 422 Why, is yeah. probably more than I'd ever need. Yeah. And you can do it all at 4K, 60 frames per second. Um, and it has a really interesting, cool looking image. Like, really like really decent dynamic range uh -huh. um, and a cinematic kind of feel to it. Uh -huh. So I would like to get to that yeah. sometime this year, but they're all backwards, so I can't get three of them I was right going to say, how, like, having that um, one and then having the cannons that look kind of funky. Yeah, and I don't want to mix them because yeah. that's yeah. going to be a real pain to make them look similar later. Yeah. So we'll see. But Canon... It's a good camera. I know they get a lot of crap. If, if you guys aren't, if you don't have a camera yet that you're super used to, I'd, I'd probably just go with like a Sony or something like that, like a Sony A7. Yeah, that's what I, I was looking at that's getting one of those. Open, yeah. But I do think that the Pocket 4K is where everybody else will move. Is going. They, like they just don't one. know it yet. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Because nobody really has them. Yeah. Everybody, they're all backward. So. Yeah. But I think everybody will 
that will be the next thing. That's, that's cool. That's really good to know. Like, yeah. super insightful. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they come out with pretty good products. Uh-huh. Like, they're editing software and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got Dissolve. Uh, oh, Region Vinci. Resolve, Resolve, right? Resolve, yeah. 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 I, they give you a copy of it with the camera, which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. If you buy it all alone, it's like 300 bucks. So the fact that they just give it to you is awesome. I really like the Ursa Mini, which is like that like better production camera. But I don't know, for weddings, it might be yeah. overkill, overkill and tough on your back because you're going to want to throw it over your shoulder and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the, the Pocket 4K is where everybody will go. Um, but they're, that company is like... That company is to videography what like DJI is to drones, I think. Yeah. They're like, they're doing some really interesting stuff and bringing it to people at a way lower cost. Interesting. So, I think it's, I think they're probably, they're on to something. Uh-huh. Basically, keep an eye on Blackmagic and keep on. Yeah. Yeah, because okay. that was another camera I was looking at. I, like, I didn't know that. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, and I kept going back and forth because I kept hearing about the, the Sony A7 III. It's like, because it's so camera. good in low light and stuff like that. And that was yeah. one of the things I was concerned with. Like, GH5s. They're yeah. all, they're all good. I like, I like Canon just because I'm used to it. Yeah. And I get it. I know, and yeah. I can, I don't have to have my eyes open to know where all the buttons are. <laughs> Well, yeah, because we have a, a Mark II and then a GH4 that work, and so, you know, we're familiar with those cameras. And yeah. I just noticed, I don't know, maybe it's just the way I'm using it, like, because I'm still fairly new in some aspects of it, but, like, some of the footage, like, if it's, in, like, in lower light, like, sets, like, we'll bump up the, the, the ISO. And then all of a sudden, like, we're, we're only pumping it up to, like, what? 3,200, I think. Is it 3,200 or 1,600? Both. I mean... And then, like, you'll start, you'll start seeing noise in the footage. And I don't know if it's just because of the lens, like, the, like the aperture. Yeah. Um, no matter what lens you're using, you shouldn't see a ton of noise at 16 or 32 on those cameras. You will see it. Um... On the Mark II, I think you could probably get up to 3,200 before it's like, I'd be like, eh. Like, I don't want to go to 6,400 on the Mark II. Sure. It's, just, it's usable, but eh, it doesn't look that great. Um, Mark IV, I can do 6,400 and feel good about it. I use 6,400 all the time after sunset yeah. on the Mark II or on the Mark IV. If I can be at 3,200, great. Yeah. But sometimes you're in a super dark dancing situation yeah. and you need 6400. Unless you want to light the room, which I don't want to do. It's just more work and yeah. exhausting. Uh, so that was my next question. You don't bring like lighting or no. you just kind of try to work as best I, you can I have like lighting. a couple times and then I was like, this is, this sucks. Yeah. Like I'm too busy. <laughs> like I don't. Yeah. If you have an assistant that can do it for you, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm not saying don't do it. Sure. But sure. for me, it's like, even if I have an assistant, like, <laughs> I just like it to look a little more natural. Sure. Um, and sometimes when people light the dances or whatever, it looks weird. Kind of. The only issue is if the photographer decides to do some sort of lighting thing, and they're moving around, and that's the worst. And then I'm like, oh, I really wish I had looked this. Uh-huh. But that it doesn't happen enough for me to. Do it every time. I just get mad for a little bit and then I get over it. So. <laughs> I'm just really mad for you right now. I can't. Like, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, because I guess, like, um, the idea of the, how I was thinking we'd get into it is, like, I don't own a camera, but I can, like, rent a camera. Yeah. And then, like, we were talking about doing a couple weddings for free for some friends. Yeah. And then essentially try to meet, like, you know, with you or Rue or and say, hey, you guys need help. Like, second hands or just, like, someone to shadow. Yeah. You know, we'd be more than happy to help you do that. Gotcha. Kind of thing. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. open to that. Love that. Sure. Um, and then, you know, we get an idea of how, you know, you do things, we kind of get to see, like, 
okay, this is how it actually really is. Instead of like, you know, we can talk about it like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. it's better to do it like hands on. Um, but yeah, that was my idea is like, you know, just rent cameras and then as you, you make your money, you can buy the, the equipment. Yeah. But then Rube mentioned, well, why don't you just rent cameras, like find a guy that you can just rent from and like that way it could be better. Yeah, the online rentals are going to be expensive. Yeah. They're just, yeah. So, I, if you know people who have them, just be like, hey, I'll give you 25 bucks to rent yeah, camera for a day. Versus, yeah. you're going to have a minimum of like, I mean, I haven't looked in a long time, but I know like I've tried to rent lenses in the past and I was like, oh, that's a lot. Like, by the time you're done, it's like, oh, I spent $300 for having this one lens for three days. And it's like, ugh, like, I don't want it. So renting has its place, but I generally see it seems to me that renting is better if you're gonna rent like a red camera sure. or something insane that you wouldn't normally buy sure. um, per project. Because renting you you're gonna especially when you're starting out, that's gonna be a really big hit to a yeah. wallet okay. in terms of you might your project might pay for the rental, but what you're taking home at the end of the day will be pretty Will probably be pretty impacted. I don't know. You can try. I yeah. Heard. No. Yeah. I You'll have to do that math. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot of people out there who have cameras sitting around that For it's sure. like I'm not doing anything that day. I'll be sure. I might as well make thirty five bucks or something. Yeah. For not doing anything. Sure. I think. Yeah. I think um, you did mention insh uh, taxes. Um, I know this is getting more like on the business <coughs> side of things, but yeah, what? Yeah, what are like rules of thumbs for that for, for taxes and then also like starting your business and insurance mm -hmm. and whatnot? So I would say if you're starting out, just take thirty percent of what you make and put it into an account. Okay. Uh, called taxes. Okay. Taxes yeah. 2019. Uh huh. Um, if you are You'll either start out as a sole proprietor or an LLC or something. Either way, you're going to want to pay those. You're going to want to take the money that's in that account and send it to the government four times a year. Okay. You can just go on the IRS website. It'll tell you the dates for paying. Um, it's called estimated tax. Yeah. yeah. So you'll try to figure out. Uh, don't worry about that part. Just whatever's in that account. Um, I would do it a week before it's due. I've, you can do it online, but sometimes they don't process it for a few days, and then they'll penalize you, even though you made the payment on time. So make sure you do it at least a week in advance. Um, just 30% of everything you make. Now, you may not be taxed at 30%, uh, but at least it's there. And then anything that um, is left over, you get back. Yeah. The worst is my first couple of years, I didn't know what I was doing, and one year I ended up owing like $15,000 in taxes. Oh my gosh. So you don't make that mistake. Yeah. Uh, how, uh, that's a hard lesson. So, yeah, just every time you get paid, every time you get a check, every time, no matter, no matter what, like I don't care how you're feeling, I don't care what camera you want, I don't care if you're like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to eat this month, like I don't give a shit, just take that 30% and put it in your account, because otherwise, it's either pay now or pay worse later, Yeah. and you don't want to pay worse later, so. Yeah, okay, that's really good advice. That's really good advice. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then do you have insurance? I forget what Rue told us. For like liability insurance? Yeah, I just go through farmers. It's like okay. a business policy. Yeah. Um, you just go in there and you explain like, here's what I'm doing. Here's what my business is. I need, you want three kinds of coverage. You want um, liability. So that's in case you break something or somebody trips over your gear and injures themselves or something. You want uh, errors and omissions, which if you screw up a video or you miss the first kiss or somebody just hates you for no reason and decides, I'm going to sue you because I don't like the video, that's important to have. And then you can decide whether you want equipment coverage or not. I've 
I would say generally you want something because you never know if you know you might be at a shoot and somebody if you have all your cameras in a Pelican case and you got let's say you got three cameras at two thousand dollars each that's six thousand dollars plus maybe you got a couple other things that puts it at another thousand dollars you got seven thousand dollars in the case and somebody walks off with it it's never happened to me uh-huh um, I don't know. You yeah. don't want to be out seven grand. Yeah. yeah. So it's breaks. Or, I would think yeah. somebody like knocks it into a fountain or a pond. So so equipment coverage you want. Um, yeah. It just okay. depends on how the numbers shake out. Sometimes that stuff is maybe not worth the cost of the insurance. If you're doing drone stuff, you should really look into getting a a license, commercial license. I know that's not what you want to hear, but no, we were told this that too. Part one hundred seven. Yeah. Um, and then you're gonna need separate insurance for that. Okay. So um, you're gonna want to go through a carrier like Transport Risk, or um, there's another one. Escapes my mind. At least use something like Verify. You can start with Verify. Yeah. It's an app. Yeah. Uh, they finally got general liability built into that. So before it was, it just covers damage from your drone or like it didn't cover other scenarios, which was a big problem. So they finally worked a general liability um, something in there. So that's that's good. So you could use that to get started. But eventually it'll make sense once you're doing a bunch to get an annual policy. Okay, yeah, no, that's really helpful as well. And we might not, honestly, I don't know if we'll get insurance right away for these first two couple free ones that we're doing, you know? We'll, like, yeah, figure it out. Yeah, in the beginning, you then... might just need to take a risk. Exactly. I mean, that's what I did. I didn't have insurance for a while, so... Mm -hmm. Don't feel guilty, but as soon as you can, do it. Yeah. Because yeah. it helps you sleep better. <laughs> that's important. Sleep is good. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, okay, so I think this is actually my final question. Tell us about how you work with the bride and groom like before and throughout and like figuring out what they want and um, well, I guess like do you send them a questionnaire? Um, do you give I them used one to be edit? super involved. Uh-huh. And now I'm just not anymore. <laughs> like I used to like try to vet all my people coming through uh -huh. and like I wanted to FaceTime with them or I wanted to at least have a phone call. Now I'm like, if you want to hire me, you can hire me. Yeah. But I try to be, I'm very upfront about everything. Um, sometimes people just hire me and like within like two emails. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to show up and do what I always do. Yeah. And if you like what you see on my website, you're going to get something similar. That's kind of what I tell them. Yeah. yeah. Like, make sure you like what I do, because this is what I do. Sure, yeah. if, you're, if you like this other person, use them. either use them or find someone like them, because I can't, I'm not, it's just, I can't go and try to emulate them. I have no interest, because I want to get uh -huh. these things churned. I don't say that to them, but right. I want to get these things churned yeah. out. Uh -huh. So, um... Yeah, I you're, you'll see red flags every once in a while. You'll start to get a sense of what people are like based on their first email. If they send you an email that just has the date, location, and that's it, like they want to know how much you charge, but they're also probably probably not a serious inquiry. Yeah. Sometimes they are. I've been surprised. Like, so I don't ever write anybody off. Um, but sometimes you'll they'll say something in an email that might you might be like, I swear. Um, and I, what those things are, you'll you'll see. You'll just kind of be like, oh, that's a weird thing to say. Yeah. Or, I wonder why they went through two videographers or like sometimes they'll yeah. make up a story about like the first videographer went bankrupt and our second videographer blah blah blah. And then you'll find out like. They don't have a budget and they want to go, they want Huge. Uh -huh. something crazy. Uh -huh. yeah. like, oh, that's why nobody wants to work with you. Mm -hmm. um, but in general, I just, just email them. I, I, for me, it's all about just keeping things simple. Mm -hmm. um, they ask me like, 
hey, we're getting married at this venue on this date. What's, can you send me your packages and what you offer? And I say, yeah, great, congrats. Thanks for getting in touch. Here's the info you requested. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to let me know. I'm happy to help. Super simple. Yeah. Like, I don't... There's no sales mode yeah, for me. Yeah. I don't sell anybody on anything. And I think selling people on stuff is the worst way to make a sale. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just like, if you want to book me, you can. Yeah. And if you don't, no worries. Yeah. Like, the second you start trying to convince people, it's like they sense it and uh-huh. it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you don't want to do it anyway. So yeah. Yeah. Don't do it. Moral of the story. Um. <laughs> And then before the wedding, uh, so once they book me, um, I'll send them a contract, a retainer invoice. I say retainer because that, I think legally, it's better to say retainer because I don't want to refund them if they cancel. Yeah. Because um, it's like my paycheck. Um, and then I'll send them a questionnaire. I use a comp- uh, software management or like CRM software yeah. called 17 Hats. Really? Um, I just bought a lifetime membership. It was like a thousand bucks, but it's like 200 maybe per year, every couple of years or something. Yeah. So I was like, eh, I'm just gonna bite the bullet. Yeah. Just buy this forever. Um, 17 Hats is pretty good. There's another one called Dubsado or Dubsadoo. I think it's pronounced Dubsadoo, but that sounds stupid. <laughs> they let their kid name it. So. <laughs> That was not a good idea. But, so I call it Dubsado because I think it sounds Sounds better. like Italian. It just sounds more sophisticated than Dubsado. Uh, that's an interesting one. It's kind of like, I kind of like the layout a little better and like the aesthetic of it. But I'm so deep into 17 hats now. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to switch. Um, I'll send them an email a couple weeks before saying, hey, let's schedule a phone call. Yeah. And I'll just go over with them what to expect. Like, hey, I'm going to show up at this time. Uh, send me the itinerary. I'll go over that. Um, and then I'll just tell the groom, like, hey, I'm just going to, you know, I just need, like, 15 minutes from you that morning. I'm just going to shoot you get a dress. I'm going to walk you through it. Yeah. I ask them if they have any questions for me. I tell them, hey, just shoot me, text me your room numbers, like, the morning of or whatever. Yeah. Because it's a pain to ask the hotel people. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it. Once I'm done, I'll upload everything to Vimeo. I've got a Vimeo Pro, or actually, I've got a business one now, but I used to have Vimeo Plus and then Pro, and it's now business. Okay. Um, I upload everything to Vimeo. I create a portfolio via Vimeo. I add the videos to the the portfolio then I send them the link to the portfolio from there they can download and share the videos and that's how you deliver that's how I deliver nice but there's another one called which is better Mm -hmm. so if you're just starting maybe you should go this direction Uh Mediazilla Mediazilla they do like their whole thing is like based around like wedding videos okay so check that out it's a little it's probably not I don't know I don't know how expensive it is now but that might be a better option mm-hmm. but I'm so deep into Vimeo now that like, sure. I'm not going to switch yeah so. mm-hmm. yeah no that's super helpful that's yeah <laughs> alright guys I hope you enjoyed that conversation I know it was a little loud in there in that coffee shop but uh Uh, Thanks for toughing it out and uh, listening to the whole episode. Uh, Until next time, later. (laughs) 